Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. It's great to see you here tonight on our first Wednesday. We're excited to, to get this going again. Are you excited to be back on Wednesday nights to be going again? So uh, it's great always to come together. And our goal of our first Wednesday is spread the word but as we go into two services, which starts when? Sunday. Sunday. You guys all win the prize. Y'all got it. All right. But um, this is our goal is to be able to draw our two congregations because it, it somehow happens where you got a 9 a.m., got 11 a.m., and, and one of the things is like, oh, I didn't see Sister So-and-so. Well, you can come to First Wednesday and see Sister So-and-so. So we want to draw together. So we want to tell everybody, hey, you're missing out. You've got to come. It's going to be a powerful time. We're going to be um, hearing from from not only Pastor Dennis and myself, but um, there will be some guest speakers that will be coming in over the next months. And we're just excited about what God is doing here at Startful Church of God and excited that you chose to be here tonight with us. So thank you for being here. Hope your week has been going great. I'm just going to take a few moments this morning to share, um, share a thought with you that uh, God, I believe God has spoken into my heart and my personal time with him. And then at the end of that, we're going to have a time of communion, and then that'll be what we'll do tonight. But I want to speak to you tonight on the subject of more like Jesus. And that's something I think we all strive to do, or at least we should strive to do as believers. That's the goal is to be more like Jesus. But what does that mean, and, and what are we talking about exactly when we use that phrase? We sing it in songs. We, we talk about it all the time, but what does it really mean? We're going to be looking at the book of Colossians chapter 3 in just a moment. So if you have Bibles and want to turn there, we're not reading it yet, but I want to go ahead and give that to you. It's Colossians chapter 3 verses um, 10 through 14 is where we'll be going with that. <clears throat> I once heard a pastor say a phrase. He said that calling is about who you are before what you do, which brings about an important question, and that question is, who am I? Have you ever asked yourself that question? We've got a variety of ages going on here, and we've got people who are just getting started that may be using that one a lot more. We've got people that may be on the other spectrum that still are trying to figure out who they are in this new season. We have different seasons and chapters, and we're trying to figure out who we are, and we can list all the different roles that we play. We can list husband, wife, father, mother, friend, mentor. The list continues on and on, but that is not who we are, and it does not define who I am and who you are. I may be a father, but that's not my definition of who I am. You may be a mother, but that's not defining who you are, and as followers of Christ, we find that we are being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. From the moment we choose to follow Jesus, we begin this transformation process. And while it's a lifelong process, it is not a passive process. If we look in Philippians chapter 2, it tells us uh, to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. When Paul writes this, in this verse, he's telling us to work for our salvation He's telling us, I'm sorry, he's not telling us to work for our salvation because we know that that is not the case. We are not saved by works. We're saved by faith. Got ahead of myself there. But he's telling us that we must work hard to ensure that every area of our life reflects the truth of the gospel, which is that we have been saved from the penalty of sin and that we are a new creation. Amen? Are you thankful you're a new creation this morning, this night, whatever time it is? Jesus, take it. <laughs> It's been a long day. 
Thank God that we are no longer enslaved to our sinful desires, but we're now people who reflect Jesus's character and that new creation is who we are. So to better understand who we are, we must take a moment to look at the life of Jesus to discover who he is and how he lived. And as we learn more about his character, we can then truly see if we are reflecting Jesus well, and we can see where we need to grow in our likeness to him. If we're really more like Jesus, how do we become more like Jesus? So to do that, we're going to take um, this Colossians chapter 3 and look a little bit deeper into it so that we can discover what it means to live a life that reflects the life and character of Jesus. So if you would, if you have that, would you stand with me? We're going to do that for the reading of the word of God. Colossians 3, we're going to read verses 10 through 14. And it says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let's pray one more time together. God, thank you for your word, and that we can hear from heaven tonight, God, and that we can hear the words that you have. And God, I pray that you would just Remove me out of the equation, God, that you would anoint me, God, that your words, God, would be what's heard tonight, God, and that you would speak to our hearts, to our minds, God, through our ears, God, Father, Lord, and that we would take the word that you have for us, God, and that we would just retain it within ourselves and apply it in our own lives, God. We give you praise and thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. So in this passage, we just read from Colossians 3, verse 10. The first thing we learn in this passage, and this is where we're going to spend a good bit of time. You could break this whole passage up into a series if you really wanted to. We ain't got that much time, so I'm going to compact it into a little smaller message for you. Some of y'all can say, praise God, hallelujah, we're getting out. Some of y'all cannot, that's okay. But the first thing we learn in this passage is that putting on our new nature, we know him, the more we become like him. Can we agree with that statement? Coming to know God, though, I have found is similar to coming to know a friend. Now, we all have so many different levels of friends in our life. Some friends are lifelong. We can't wait to see them. And then there's other friends that are seasonal. I saw a sign that I'm putting in my, my new office, and it says, everyone who comes into this office brings joy. Some when they enter and some when they leave. <laughs> and we can think the same of some of our friends sometimes. But what we find is the more time we spend with them, the more we get to know them. And if we compare that to our really good friends and how we're getting to know them on a deeper level, we can see that there is this similarity going on with God. The more time we spend with God, the more we get to know him. Jesus modeled this for us, and we see that throughout the scriptures. Although Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and we see and we know that he knows God fully, we still see that he took time to invest in his relationship with God. So the question is, how did he invest in his relationship? There's four different ways that we see him investing in his relationship with God. Number one, we see that he prayed regularly. 
Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. There's multiple passages where we see Jesus praying. Right before the end with the crucifixion, we see him in the garden praying once again. He believed in prayer. He utilized prayer in his own life. He did it on a regular basis. How much more should we be praying and applying that in our own life, not just in the house of God, but what are we doing Monday through Saturday? What are we doing on the days we're not in the house of God? Are we spending time praying and applying that in our own lives? The second thing we see that he did to invest in his relationship is that he reflected on scripture. Matthew chapter four, this is the, uh, the story of Jesus when he goes into the wilderness. And we see that many, many times the devil would come against him and he would tempt him. One of the times he offers him food because he was going through a fast and he would say, it is written. It is written. Those famous words, it is written. Men shall not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. He reflected on the scripture and he used it in his life. We see that constantly happening. Thirdly, we see him fast. And in that same passage, we see the power of fasting. We see the importance of it in his own life that he goes for 40 days into this same wilderness and not only was he reflecting on scripture, but he was fasting, which brought the enemy. How many knows there's power in fasting? We use fasting all the time. We believe in fasting here at Starful Church of God. I believe it in, in my life, and I've seen the power of it. And I think sometimes we've got to the point to where we use it more for our needs than maybe for what God can do and how we can use it in that way. I hope that makes sense to you. How I grew up and what I learned when I was over in Germany is that we would come together and we would pray. And you have your things that you lay before God. You say, hey, God, I need you to move. I need you to speak. I need you to do this. But sometimes we just simply need to fast for what God is doing in the church. Hey, God, we want to pray for the service. God, I'm going to fast on Thursday for Sunday morning because I believe there's power in fasting and that lives are going to be transformed. And Jesus showed us the importance of that. We always had this prayer and fasting day when we was at ETS. And I've shared stories of this. We did it every semester because we wanted to teach the students the importance of that, the importance of that in our life. And we would do the foot washing and we would do um, the fasting and, and the students. It was just like this intimate time of worship. And one of my favorite things is we would always end the day in a time of, of prayer. And I'm not just talking about a little 30-second prayer of revival and running to the food. I'm talking about an hour and a half we would spend in prayer, but not what you probably are thinking that would have looked like. One of the times in particular, we made a giant square with our student body, and we had around probably 40 students at that time. And so we're all in these chairs, and we're facing inside this square, and we took a microphone like this, and the person would share what needs were going on in our life, and then they would set the mic down, and we would all gather around, and we would pray over them and that need that's going on in their life. And we did that, and imagine, 40 people. But we had been praying, and we had been fasting, because there's power in fasting. And in particular, that experience that day, I asked him to pray over Jeremiah, who we had been told was deaf in one of his ears. And one of the students through her fasting that day was able to tune in and hear the voice of God. And she heard God tell her to go around and to grab my ears. She says, I think this is crazy. I should not do this. But she says, I have to be obedient. And so she walks while everyone's gathered around me. She walks behind and kind of like what I imagined, the woman who was trying to get a hold of Jesus, she's like pushing her way through the people so that she can reach up and grab me by behind and grab my ears. And when she did it, I felt this lightning surge shoot through my body and shake me. And then I heard a voice that say, it is done. And I was like, what just happened? 
And so I turned around, and, I, and it was funny. I'm like, who touched me? <laughs> like, I was having this whole experience. I didn't know. I was reliving that kind of. I was like, I just felt this thing go through my body. What's going on? I'm just, wow. And she finally tells me, she goes, I did that. It, it was me, and I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what happened. And she began to cry. The next day, we went in for an appointment, and uh, we walked in and gave them the results from the first doctor saying, this is what the doctor just said. So they did the testing, and then they came back, and they said, why are you here? His hearing was perfect. And God had moved and healed. Another example of fasting and the importance of that in our walk when we were going to Germany, and some of these stories you, you may have heard, but I, I just felt led to share that because there's always someone who hasn't heard. And so if you've heard it, just let it bless you again. Just praise the Lord through it. But in particular, we were on our way to Germany, we were preparing, we were asking, and, and, and we didn't even know we were on our way. It was right at the beginning when God had called us. And I went to a friend, and I thought I was losing my mind because I heard this voice say, take your family, move to Germany, lead worship at that school. It's not your normal thing. And so I, I called this friend, and his advice was fast. And I was just like, what do you mean fast? He goes, there's power in fasting. Fast and ask God in your prayer time to give you a Rima word, which is a right now word. And so I started doing that. He said, do it for seven days. And I, what I would do is I would fast one meal a day. And there's no formula to it. There's so many different ways we can do it. But this is what I felt led to do. And I would fast a meal a day. I'd get on my bicycle and I would go riding for nine miles. Now, I know I don't look like I ride nine miles. It's because I don't now. But back then I did. And the kids were little. We had Micah. And I'd get out there and I'd put worship music on. And I would just spend time talking to God and, and, uh, and just praying. I would start every morning in my quiet time with him. And then I'd go and I would do that. And on day five... That was when I heard a voice speak to me in my quiet time and tell me that I needed to take the worship team from here and to go to a hospital and lead worship. And at that time, it was um, Brother Demp Blanton who was in the hospital. And I thought that was the craziest thing. I, he was in ICU. You can't have visitors. And if you, you don't know the story, what ended up happening is I reached out to Rita because I felt impressed to do it. They had just moved him to a regular room. We go up there early. We we surround his bed. We're leading worship, and in the middle of our worship, he takes his last breath, and he slips into the, the hands of Jesus. And so fast forward, we go a few days, and we're at the funeral home, and it's the visitation time right before the funeral service. I was a nervous wreck because we were leading worship, and this guy passed away. Like, I did the ultimate worship leader thing. I led him into the presence of God, literally. I had people tell me that day, we're so glad you're not singing because we all would be laying up there with him. <laughs> They were like making jokes and, and laughing, and it was funny, but at the same time, I was just a little shaken because I didn't expect that. I expected a different outturn, and um, an individual came up to me, and they said, hey, have you heard? And I said, heard what? And they said, you're the hero of the family, and I said, how, how can I be the hero of the family? Like, I sang them into the presence of God. They said, well, his dying wish is that he wanted to die in the midst of praise and worship, and right when he said that, God spoke to me. He said, just as I called you to Germany, I've called you or just as I called you to the hospital, I called you to Germany. And it was just the power of fasting and how that works with a special need. And, and I could give you story after story. I won't do that, but there's power in fasting so much so that Jesus applied it. How much more should we apply it in our own lives? Amen. Fourthly, is that we see Jesus notice the hand of God in his surroundings. He looked around at everything going on. He saw the hand of God and what God was doing. Matthew chapter 6 Verse 26 and 34, I'm going to read it to you real quick. And this is an example of Jesus when he's doing that. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so we see this teaching from Jesus, and he's talking about the surroundings. He knew what the Father was up to. He understood what God was doing, and he invested in his relationship by being aware of what God was doing. Sometimes we get so focused on what's happening here that we lose focus of what God is doing here, and that's part of it too. And that's a way that we draw close to him is by being aware of what's happening. As we reflect on these rhythms in the life of Jesus, we need to take an honest look, though, at how we ourselves invest in our relationship with God. And so I ask you this question today. Are you spending quality time daily getting to know the Lord? And I'm guilty of this. We get so busy in, in life. Life is, is spinning. Sometimes it seems like it's spinning out of control and it's getting faster and faster and faster. I remember as a kid, it seemed like there was more time going on than today. Maybe it's just me getting old. I don't know. But it, it seems like it's just busy all the time, people are too busy for each other. We, we're too busy for God. We get caught up in this and caught up in that. And what happens is that it becomes so easy to make excuses to the point that we don't prioritize time with the Lord. But we must be willing to invest in our relationship with him. If I don't take time to invest in my relationship with my wife, I don't have much of a marriage. If we don't invest in a relationship with our friends, we don't have much of a friendship. And we've got to take time to invest in our relationship with God so that we can become more like him. Tomorrow, I'm getting ready to start a new part of my journey. Some of y'all have heard, some of you don't know, but I'm gonna go back into teaching tomorrow. Pastor Dennis prayed over me um, Sunday morning with the other teachers, and that's something that's exciting, and, and it's nerve-wracking all at the same time because it's, it's something I was looking for, but it's something that I wasn't looking for. And let me explain that. I want you to understand that. I'm excited about it because it's a gift that is from God. I believe that with all of my heart. And if you know anything about me, I'm an educator at heart. I taught here at the high school from 2011 to 2016. And then we went on the mission field. I was teaching at the seminary, teaching music, teaching counseling, teaching worship. And I not only did it at the seminary, I did it in workshops around the world. It's a passion of mine. I love to teach. And so when God called us to come here to start full to help with the rebuild of the church, that was a word that he gave us. I was like, okay, God, I'll be obedient. I'll do, I know you have something great. I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what this chapter encloses, but I know that you have something great. And so we came back and we love this season that we're in. We love this chapter God has given. We love the people of Startful Church of God. We love you guys. You're our family and you've been there for us and you've encouraged us and helped us along the way through challenges through many different times. But one element for me that was missing was my teaching because that's something that I did. And I, I started just talking to God. I had this emptiness. I'm like, God, I need, like, that's just something God I'm used to doing. Or how, how does that work in? And so I tried to fix it on my own. And some of the ways I did that was by overwhelming myself and throwing on more things because I didn't have enough. And I said, okay, let me go get into the college ministry. Let me help them and let me teach there. I can do that. That'll fulfill it. And then I tried and tried to do it of my own accord. And then I said, okay, well, let's start a, a young adult class. I can go do that and we'll add that on. And it just... 
it was me trying to fix it without going to God and allowing him. So I finally just said, okay, God, those are great ministries that we need in our church. I'm going to continue to serve what you want. But God, I, I just, this is the desire of my heart, God. I want to give it to you. Would you take it and would you do what you have perfectly in store for me in your time? And what is it that you're wanting to do? And so I just simply had these talks with him. And I didn't tell anybody else that this was going on. I just kind of kept it to myself. And uh, all of a sudden, one day, I received a phone call. I didn't apply for this position that I'm doing tomorrow. It found me. That's how good God is, and that's how God works. I was sitting, having a meal, just eating, and uh, all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing. And I'm, I'm told, like, hey, we, we want you for this position. Would you take it? And I'm told that it's middle school. It's the 12 to 14-year-olds. I don't do 12 to 14-year-olds very well. I'm scared to death of what it's going to be like when mine get there. I worked youth camp, and I was done. <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, I don't know how they do it. That is not the area I'm called to. And so when they offer that, um, I hang up the phone, and I talk to Rian, and I'm like, 12 to 14, that's hard. And there's people that are called to that, and praise God for those people. Thank God that I'm not one of those. <laughs> But I told her, I said, you know, everything sounds really good, but if it was high school, I would jump on this faster than anything. And I get the words out of my mouth, my phone begins ringing, and I pick up the phone, and it's the school that said, hey, change of plans. We want to know if you'll teach high school instead of the middle school. And I'm like, wow, God, you're so good like that. You're, you're so amazing to take care of us. You know our heart's desire. And it's not even full time, it's four hours a day. So it's just enough for me to be able to have that passion to pour in and to teach and then to still completely commit to all the other things that I have going on in my life. And it's just how good God is and how he works. But where I'm going with that is um, when I first began teaching back in 2011, I had a colleague, she was one of the best directors in the state. And I asked her, I said, do you have any tips, any advice for how I can be a good choral director, how I can be a good teacher? And she said, be a sponge. And I was like, be a what? She said, be a sponge. And I was like, what does that mean? And she says, if you ever reach the point to where you've arrived and you know everything, there's nothing else you can learn, then you'll begin to fail. But if you always will have this mindset that there's always new, there's always something I can add to my life, there's always something I can soak up, you'll continue to be successful for the rest of your life. You don't know it all, you'll never know it all and be content with that and grow. And what I have found is that that applies into our spiritual lives as well. There's room for us to grow in our relationship with God. There's always room for growth. And as we live in a world that's filled with so many conflicting ideas and perspectives today, it's knowing who God is and what he says is true that's gonna be essential for our lives. Pastor Dennis talked about this on Sunday, talking about the truth and the importance of the truth for our students, for our teachers, but for us as believers as well, because it's all around us. And when we know that we know that we know who God is and what he says is true, that understanding is gonna become the lens for us where we can discern his will. And as a result, we can follow his leading. None of us have it down perfectly. There's room for growth. We can be a sponge. And when we are being a sponge, then we are becoming more like him. Because we're like, hey, God, what, what more can I get? I've lived this long, God, but there's something new that I can still take from you. I don't know about you, but every time I pick up the word of God, something new comes out of it. It's alive and it's breathing and it's filled with power. And the more time we spend with him in his word, the more time we spend time in prayer, the more we are investing in our relationship, the more we're gonna know him 
and therefore the more we're going to become like him. So I come back to the question at the beginning and I ask, who am I? If I choose to follow Jesus, then I am a new creation. And after I know who he is, then I can ask myself the question, am I living a life that reflects the life and character of Jesus? So I just want you to take a second and reflect on that with yourself. Ask yourself, is my walk, is my talk, how I serve when I'm at work, when I'm at home, when I'm with family, when I'm with friends, is everything that I'm doing, is it reflective of the life and character of Jesus? Am I striving to be more like Jesus or is there more that I can do in my life? Let's pray together. God, thank you. God, that you challenge us in so many different ways, God, and that you're, you're pushing us, God that you encourage us, God, to be more like you, to spend time with you, and that you even map out the ways for us to be able to do it. And God, for each person here tonight, I just pray, God, that we would ask ourselves those questions, God, that we would look inwardly, God, and, and that we would just reflect on where we are in our life, and we would ask ourselves those questions, asking ourselves if we reflect the life and character of, of Jesus. Are we growing in our relationship with him? And I pray, God, that we'd be challenged, we'd be encouraged, God, to, to take steps, Father Lord, to do more, God, in that relationship, to invest more in the relationship that we have with you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to grow close to you. Thank you, God, that you're not a God that's far away, but that you're a God that we can grab hold of, God, that we can have encounters with, that we can experience, God, on so many levels. We thank you, God. And I give you praise. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh,